Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Guru Show. I again am your host, Kieran, and I am joined by Hayter. Uh, it's a big week in fantasy football because we actually have two game weeks this week. How are you doing today, Hayter? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm just about over United's shocking exit on Wednesday. But no, I'm good, mate. Um, I need to get back on the horse in terms of fantasy football. I had a poor week last week. Um, I've got a bit of a problem as well which we'll go into a little bit later in terms of who do I bring in. So, yeah, happy to be here and happy to get some tips this week because, you know, I need them more than anyone else. Yeah, it's, I guess when there's a, a bad result for your own team, sometimes it's nice to have the Premier League to kind of fall back on and basically get to watch a bit more footy because even though it's going to be a pretty difficult Saturday, I'd say, for both of us watching the Manchester Derby, it's always one of those where... You never know how to feel beforehand. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a crazy week it's in the Premier League. Lots of games, at least. So, get to whatever teams that you have for this week. It's it's going to be pretty crazy because, look, we've games back on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday after Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, it's pretty quick turnaround. Just as a reminder for fantasy fans that there is a game on Friday night. So, to make sure that you have your teams locked in by 6.30 and then also it's the same thing for Tuesday you have to have your teams done by 4.30 so very quick turnaround this week but again just make sure you remember that because that's the key points um again we'll start because this is Thursday night when we're kind of recording this there will be more news that comes out on Friday so make sure that you do look that up again look to see what the managers have said because look there's been Europa League football tonight there's could be niggles from the Champions League games as well. So just make sure you have a look at that. Um, we were talking about before the stream, but the uh, one of the news that came out was with Jack Grealish and even Ross Barkley got in a bit of hot water this week. Now, luckily for a lot of fantasy fans, they're not getting punished by um, the Premier League, which is a little... If that was Pogba. Oh, if, that was, if that was Pogba, um, he'd probably be banished for three months but anyway let's let's go on to jack Grealish and uh ross barkley um so yeah they didn't go they didn't get suspended they didn't get fined anything like that um do you think that's a bit surprising with how especially when we've seen already a game recently um has already been postponed because of covid do you think that's that's a risky tactic by the premier league not setting a precedent for players kind of disobeying the kind of rules that were set out by the Premier League at the start of this season? I think it's because lockdown's ended. Well, officially it's ended. It wasn't really a lockdown over here. Everyone was out and about. But um, I think because of that, they're, they're lack, a bit more lax. But this Christmas period is going to be crazy in terms of not only just football, but outside of football, people are going to be trying to get back to normal. So I think without making a big deal out of it, that's what they've done. But, mate, honestly, like I said, if that was Pogba, if that was someone else... That was a black player. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. That was, that was Greenwood. If that was, you just have to see how much um, Rashford gets in the press, even though he's doing something good. So, yeah, or Sterling. So, for me, it looks unacceptable. Um, Fools can do what they want in their private time, but, you know, breaking these sort of rules and then nothing happening. But for me, it's good because, you know what? I, I, I want to bring Jack Grealish back in. So, <laughs> he's going to be playing. And obviously, he's uh, he's had a bit of fun. So, hopefully, he'll be in some good form before the game that he plays. Yeah, no, like at the end of the day, for fantasy purposes, it's great. He's still in my squad. So 
and it's it's always good to be able to have that extra kind of piece especially with how good he's been this year um we'll just do a little bit of a recap of some of the kind of key injuries that we've seen now some of these we've we've known already so from the bigger names so thomas Partey, i know that he had a setback in his injury so he's out for a couple more weeks i think there's three or four more weeks that he's out for the big one last week was hakeem ziech going out pretty early in that game and i think he's supposed to be out for another two weeks or so we still have uh, Dina out for Everton but that's going to be a long term one that's three months roughly and then there was news this week that Llorente and Koch for um, Leeds are both out for the foreseeable future as well so that's again that affects kind of Leeds defensively and how rigid that they can be you have Ricardo Pereira who we're all hoping will be coming back soon but had a bit of a setback and is probably out for another 10 days so again that one's a tough one and then look United fans know that the two kind of striking options for United didn't travel for the Champions League game. So that's Cavani and Martial both out. And look, we'll probably hear more um, as time goes on on Friday morning of other players. There was, like I said, there was Europa League games. Um, players could have gotten niggles. And look, it's a it's a tough week because any player that's not 100% managers may rest either on the weekend or could rest midweek so it's it's a tough one to kind of gauge and it might be one of those where you really have to you really have to be careful on who you're using especially if you have a lot of man city or liverpool players that do like to rotate quite a lot i do not trust city at the moment i mean look they've got united as well who knows how that's going to turn out but looking at some of those injuries um Look, the big ones are the United strikers, for sure, because that really opens up to the importance of Bruno Fernandes. And if you're going to have United players, the most likely one to have. Obviously, Greenwood might play, Rashford might play, but you, I think if you're going to choose a United player, it makes, your, it makes your options easier, doesn't it? Because Cavani, Cavani could do a bit of damage against City. I mean, looking at some of the other ones, <clears throat> there's not really many big ones out. Uh, Gundogan may be out, but again, he's, he's not a goal scorer. Uh, and Dombele looks like he's going to be back. A few players as well probably will play a bit more. Like I think Salah will play a little bit. Obviously, he had COVID and then he uh, he started last week, I believe. He shot from the bench. I mean, that, that killed me completely. But looking at it, to be honest, with the injuries, I think it's just the beginning because we've got a Christmas period coming up. So that's when you're going to really have to rotate your squad. A lot of guesswork. It's a lot of stress for uh, fantasy owners this week, I think. Yeah, it's it's a big problem. Like like we said, there's going to be a couple of game weeks now coming up where there's going to be two to three games, like we said, in the Christmas period within a week. And it's always tough in terms of fantasy because there's injuries, there's managers that want to rotate. We have, we're going to get to some of the games, but maybe the first group of games, one of the big teams might have an easier game, but then knowing that they might have a very difficult game midweek and do they rest players for that big game midweek? Same thing with the Manchester Derby this week is do the likes of Man City and Manchester United play all their top players at the weekend and then kind of rest some of them because both teams have an easy enough kind of midweek game. I think it's Man, Man City might be, I have to kind of go back over, but I think it's West Brom and then United are up against Sheffield United. So again, it's 
it's one of those where you're going to have to be careful on how many players within one team you do pick. Because if you're one of those teams that, like, for example, there's a lot of people that have a lot of Liverpool players. Like, Liverpool may end up going with Mane, Salah, and Firmino one game. And then the next game, they may not play Mane or Salah or Firmino and have Jota in there. So it's, it is a tricky one. When we go back to some of the stuff that happened last week, I think the obvious one, again, kind of comes back to the previous one, is that it seems like City are starting to hit a bit of form. You're seeing Kevin De Bruyne really kind of pull strings for City, which he wasn't doing early on in the season. We saw in the Champions League, Aguero coming back, which is a really good sign for City. You're seeing kind of, even though Mares didn't have as good of a game as he did in the previous week, he still played pretty well. Um, but overall, I think City have kind of slowly been getting into form and they're looking more dominant now. Um, it's probably going to be a tough match for United at the weekend. How have you been impressed with City over the last couple of weeks? Definitely back in their groove, I think. A fairly easy fixtures as well. They needed that to hit their form. But, you know, you put five past Burnley. Burnley are always notoriously difficult to break down. Then obviously in the Champions League, now they're through and, and I believe they won midweek. And yeah, being Fulham, Fulham could have been a banana skin for them. I know Fulham aren't particularly good, but knowing what City are like this year, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. Raheem Sterling score sheet as well last week, looped a goal and an assist. He's been someone who's hardly, you've hardly heard of it, heard about him. So again, that's a good differential. Um, although he never does well against United, so maybe don't don't bring him in. De Bruyne got 14 <laughs> points. Yeah, I mean, I brought Mahrez in, I captained him last week, and I'm a bit burnt. So I think Mahrez will come straight out. I've got Ziyech as well, who's injured, uh, which makes my decision easier because I want to bring Mo Salah back in. So that works out <clears throat> because I think you, I think Klopp, this is a difficult one. Will Jota play? That's a tough one. That's a really, really tough one because he's such good value for money. I mean, look, you should probably look towards Pedro Neto, who's more guaranteed to start. Um, but if Jota plays, they're playing Fulham away. You, know, yeah. you probably want a defender in there like Robertson. Um, I know Trent captains Liverpool midweek. So, yeah, I think, look, City, it's a difficult one because when United play at home against a big side, especially against City, it's almost guaranteed they're going to go very defensive. So that goal could have a few, that game could have a few goals in it. Uh, so maybe yeah. if you're waiting to get, if you're, you want to bring City players in, I would be saying maybe wait till next week or next game week. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. You kind of brought up the the second point that I would have had from last week is with Liverpool, where you you saw Jota not play, you saw Salah get back in form when he comes back, and it kind of gets to the point is when can you start to trust owning Liverpool players? Considering if the manager, it's very much like Pep Guardiola, the manager rotates so much that look the last thing you need is one of your main players like Mane or Salah not playing or not starting same thing happened recently with United with Bruno Fernandes who didn't start but came on and was very good but it's one of those that I think is a very tricky one going into a game week where there's kind of games back to back and look Liverpool and Spurs play against each other midweek and that's going to be a very tough game so then it for me, it makes me worry about having too many of those players in for the weekend. Do they do Spurs play Harry Kane and Son when some of them have played Thursday, 
then they have a game at the weekend and then have to play on Wednesday. Noah Mourinho is not going to play them in every single one of those games. So it's it's a tough one to be able to decipher and who's going to be in. And that's always the tough one when we have kind of game weeks back to back. Um so that's I think that's probably one of the tougher things to do. How how are you going to use kind of your team looking at these two game weeks coming back to back? How what's your strategy going into this week? I mean, it's, look, it's a it's a really difficult one because the turnaround is so is so quick, isn't it? I mean, look if you look at the games, the first few games. I mean, the ones on Saturday. You've got two big games. I feel like you've got to be betting on the ones who are the bigger players who are playing the lesser good teams. So you're looking at Spurs against Palace. I think you've got to be looking at the two, the, the duo, someone like Regulon. Then you've got Liverpool um, against Fulham and Arsenal playing Burnley. I mean, that's going to be a bit drab. And then you've got Leicester against Brighton. And then on Tuesday, you've got City against West Brom. So <clears throat> I think for me, what I will be doing is I will be looking at the fixtures and thinking right okay so for one week Liverpool have Fulham so Salah's got to come in but then City are playing West Brom next week so I'm going to be thinking right De Bruyne for that switch because Liverpool have got Spurs next week so that's how I'm working it's my big players that are going to be the ones that, that are going to switch in and out it's, it can potentially be an expensive one I mean I'm looking and I was thinking about it yesterday am I going to have to take a hit, a hit of eight points possibly um, but you've got to think about, right, get your captain right and you'll be okay. So it's a really tough one, mate. I'm looking at the other fixtures. Well, United have got Sheffield United next week. There's, there are two games where you could probably think, mm, I don't know if I'm going to have any United players. So Bruno Fernandes for me is an option to come out purely because Sheffield United are going to sit behind. And if they're going to find their first win, it's probably against Man United. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you've got to think. Look at the matchups and you've got to think, looking at Spurs, they've got two actually, I mean, Palace just won 5-1. And Palace are a side for me who can be difficult to play against, and they're, they're going to sit behind the ball. And so with Spurs, Spurs have the honest to do something about it. So that's kind of have to look, and you got to look at the differentials as well. I mean, Leeds have got Newcastle, and they've also got. If I can find it, can't find it. You'll probably have it on hand. Leeds, yeah, yeah. they yeah, the Leeds. yeah, they got West Ham, yeah, West Ham. Absolutely. It was right in front of me, but I, I didn't have it. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, so Leeds have got West Ham. So you've got to be thinking, right, Bamford is an absolute shout. So you've got to be relying on those less valuable players. Cavaloon's got Chelsea, um, which is going to be a difficult game for him. And he's got Leicester. So he's one of the most transferred out players this year, uh, this week as well. Uh, if you're looking at it, he's been transferred out quite a lot. I mean, yeah, like 122,000 of you have transferred him out. So you've got to be very smart with your moves. You don't want to take too, uh, too big of a hit, but you've got to look at the matchups with your players. So you might be thinking Salah this week, De Bruyne next week. Yeah, it's a really weird one because I completely agree with you when you're talking about you have to have those kind of big superstars and you do need to look up the matchups because, look, we've seen some of the big games where the big names have done well. But most of the time, that doesn't happen. Most of the time in these big games, they are cagey games, and you don't get that many big points. Because even if, let's just say, even if Bruno or De Bruyne has a good game, that could be a goal or an assist, and that's it. But if you have Salah playing against Fulham, it could be a hat-trick. And that's, that's the difference. You have to try and look at it in that way. For me, Bruno this week is the biggest one that I've been kind of debating, because... 
well I really hope he has a good game. Well, Cody had an excellent game the first time he played against Man City. But for me, it's either he's getting dropped out of my team or he's being my captain. That's the extremes that I've gone to with Bruno Fernandes. And it's a weird one because I kind of agree with you that I'm probably going to drop Bruno and bring in Salah and then drop Salah and bring in either Bruno or... De Bruyne because it just seems like that's the most obvious one look Liverpool are playing against Fulham if they don't put three or four past Fulham I'd be very very surprised looking at that is the way Liverpool play you can always go for Adam Luckman as well because again Liverpool's defence is very very shaky it, at times is it because we're saying it's shaky but they went and put four past Wolves mm-hmm. like they strong they haven't actually they've conceded more goals with van dyke than without van dyke <laughs> yeah it doesn't maybe because they play they're realizing right okay we actually our defense sounds good so we're gonna play more as a unit van dyke yeah. will bail them out quite a lot you know he's so so good one-on-one and recovery his recovery pace but looking at it like i think looking at liverpool they're going to be the side for me because they're not so far ahead like they were last year They've still got Spurs literally, well, on the same points as them. And then they've only got two points between them, obviously, with the teams chasing. They can't take their foot off the gas. This So Klopp can't rest. But what the problem is, is who's he going to rest? you got to look at who plays midweek. If Jota played midweek, he won't play today. Uh, tomorrow. Or, no, Saturday. Um, so, for me, I'm looking at it. That's how you got to do it. you got to rotate the big guys. And then you got to look at the fixtures after that. I think United got a pretty favourable run after that. But United are a weird one. Apart from Bruno, mate, I wouldn't have anyone. I wouldn't touch neither, them. Neither would I. Look, they're too, they're too inconsistent. And it's a, it's actually a really interesting when we talk about Spurs and Liverpool because, look, both have decent enough matchups at the weekend, but then they have to play against each other. So you're thinking, which manager kind of does better out of that? Like, which one is able to kind of save some of their star players? Look, if, I, if you see Liverpool up by two or three at halftime or same thing with Spurs they're taking out some of those big guns because they know the big game is really a midweek because if both, both of them win at the weekend they're level points and then that's a huge game midweek so I think that's one of the biggest kind of questions that you have going into this week the other interesting one I think you've mentioned before in that Friday night game West Ham against Leeds Leeds have been really impressive lately they haven't been getting wins, but in terms of fantasy, you look at Patrick Bamford and he looks like he can score in pretty much every game. And look, they haven't been getting wins recently. They've they got one two weeks ago when Rafinha was the only one to score against Everton. But last week, that, that one nil, Kieran. That was 36, 37 shots on goal. What a game! Crazy. I don't know how Bamford didn't get one or two in that game. And look. He scored against Chelsea, but then other than that, Leeds didn't create enough really to to trouble them. But look, against West Ham, we saw if West Ham give Leeds space, they'll be able to score. We saw it with United against them. The minute West Ham aren't completely focused defensively, they'll concede. And even in the games that West Ham have played well in, they've still been pretty open defensively. So I think... I think it's a good chance if you do have Patrick Bamford that he's the one that kind of needs to be brought in in this matchup on Friday night because even though we've said West Ham have played well, there's still not enough consistent performers in the fantasy kind of for fantasy purposes for West Ham. Yeah, West Ham are a strange one. I mean, Bowen's the obvious option. 
and he could be a very good option because Leeds defensively they're 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 league goals, don't they? We know we all know that. Yeah. I mean, even against Chelsea, they were they were they were good. They took the lead, but Chelsea always had the way back in because of the firepower that they got. I mean, looking at other options, Suchek possibly because um, from set pieces, he's uh, he's Moyes' new Fellaini. But looking at it, mate, Bamford's the obvious one from that game. I would say he's really surprised me. He's been transferred in nearly 209,000 times. He's literally just buying Grealish and then Salah's the one that, which is, look, those top three are the ones I'd be looking at this week. Salah, Grealish and Bamford. Uh, if money allows me to, it'd be Salah and Grealish. Um, and then you're looking at the ones that are going out. I mean, look, Calvert-Lewin is, is, is probably the one that's going to go out. Well, it was just strange for, for me, Kieran, because he's actually only blanked twice. But Everton are in shocking form, aren't they? They're losing. Yeah. I think it's just because the way Everton are playing, he really only has kind of that maximum level that he can get to. I think the maximum you're seeing Calvert-Lewin get on a weekly basis now is really in and around nine points, which is good for kind of the strikers that you're having. I think people are just seeing... Everton's run of results or Everton's games are getting harder and the performances are dropping. And look, we've seen it. We saw it against United is the defense of Everton is actually a problem because there's too much space from the defense to the midfield. And there's too, when they're playing against creative teams, they're leaking goals. And unless Everton can kind of fix that, you would have thought with players like Decore and Alan that wouldn't happen, but it is because of the look the system that they play is very difficult and it takes a while for players to pick up i expect everything to get back to pretty good form maybe after christmas we'll probably see that and look if you can afford to keep covert lewin you'll probably reap the benefits of it over the whole season but look if people are needing to get rid of him so you can get salah in it's a no-brainer because there are other strikers that are that are doing the business as well. Yeah, and, and Bamford are the two strikers, I would say, who reason reasonably priced who are below Cavalier. And I would say as well, though, with one of the reasons why Everton's struggling actually is because Alan looks like he's struggling as well. Yeah. Um he had an injury, he started the season really well. Yeah, it takes time. And remember as well, guys, winter's coming. I know that sounds really silly, but people like Hamez, I'd be avoiding him. Yeah. When he went to Bayern, he struggled in the winter. He couldn't hack it. Um and he's always he's the second most transferred out player. This week, uh, 277 and a half thousand of you transferred him out. I haven't brought him back in since he uh, got a sore, he got a sore, um, nut, didn't he? Yeah, yeah as uh, Matt yeah. Jones told us. So, yeah, look, these are things you've got to take into consideration, I think. We have Hader here acting like Jon Snow saying winter is coming, bit of Game of Thrones <laughs> knowledge right there for you. But uh, they, they, they ruined that show, mate. The last season, I was thinking about rewatching that again, but they, they completely. <laughs> oh, it was so good, mate. And I see. Look, I always say this about say this about Game of Thrones. All of you people that jumped on the bandwagon, I remember this. I was at school. I was 16 years old. I saw my one of my mates watching it on the computer, and I was like, "Mate, what are you watching? That looks so. That looks rubbish, mate." And I sat down and watched it with him. This was the second episode ever of Game of Thrones. I was 16. I was like, "This is the best thing ever." Mainly probably because there was loads of girls walking around naked. But the point still stands. <laughs> the point still stands that. I was one of the first people because all these people joined in season three, mate. I was season episode one. Sorry, season one, episode two was the first one. Obviously, my first taste. And then obviously I watched episode one. I got hooked and they broke my heart. Yeah, same thing happened to me. I I, I think the people 
had to watch it all in one go while it's probably good for them i don't think the drama was the same there was nothing like something crazy happening and you're like i have to wait a week to watch the next show that's the red wedding the red yeah. wedding gave me goosebumps i remember watching it and i just sat there like this i i, I was like no i had like goosebumps and i was like this is just i have to wait a week now yeah. screw you Let's see you for that days we we may be getting a red wedding on saturday when we have to watch that manchester derby so how <laughs> This it's the best kind of leeway into into this little that segment here. That was that good. good. Yeah, really good. So basically, we have big Manchester derby, City form kind of getting better. United struggling. Even games that United are winning now, it seems like a chore for them to win the game. Um, the biggest kind of talking point in fantasy will always be De Bruyne versus Bruno because two of the most creative players on the pitch. Look you can guarantee that if City are going to win the game, De Bruyne is going to be instrumental in, in City winning. If United win the game, then Bruno will be. If you had to pick one of these players this week in fantasy, which one would you kind of lean towards? Would you lean towards De Bruyne or Bruno? Oh, I haven't had De Bruyne in once, Kieran. You know that. Yeah. I've not had De Bruyne in once. He's someone that I had in like, regularly last year. De Bruyne's hitting some nice form at the moment, and he's looking—he's looking sharp. I mean, you just have to look at his last. Well, actually, yeah, no, last last two games, three assists and goal, which is pretty good. But you're just looking at Bruno, and Bruno, everything good comes through him. I feel like with City this year, I feel like De Bruyne is still instrumental, but the whole team is is contributing in some some way. If you know what I mean, yeah. Um, everything goes through Kevin De Bruyne. You mark. Or you sort out Bruno Fernandez. City manages that, which they won't, because that's not how they play. They'll play their game. But if they did decide to um, do a job on Bruno Fernandez, United's attack would be absolutely there'd be nothing. So for me, if I had to choose between the two, it would be Bruno, just because I just you know in some way he will contribute, whether it's a penalty, whether it's an assist, maybe even a goal. You just know he'll... But with De Bruyne, I'm not so sure. I mean, he's just starting to get into his groove, but I think this game might come a little bit early. Next week, though, you can you can see him getting dropped. If uh, Dropped, I say rested. If United... If United... They beat United, and then they've obviously got the game next week, you can imagine him getting rested. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one. And I guess the other kind of important point here, and we mentioned it earlier um, quite briefly, is Sterling against United. Every time he seems to come up against Wambasaka, he doesn't get much into the game is this one that if you had sterling that you would seriously consider you dropping him for the game against united and then just putting them back in for the game against west brown yeah i think so i mean i'm looking i'm looking at mars if aguero plays i'll be a little bit worried yeah, always um he doesn't look the same player as he it's such a shame because you know what it's really really difficult for me to say this and i'm probably gonna get pelters for it I've always loved Sergio Aguero. I mean, he scored that goal, obviously, the, the Aguero goal. Um, but for me, he's just... I, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely love him. I think he's an incredible player. And it's such a shame because in fantasy, he was he was always a sure bet, wasn't he? He was like, yeah. I bring Kevin DeBruyne in. Oh, sorry, I bring uh, Sergio Aguero in. Easy. I'm going to get at least a goal every week. I would not be putting any City players in, personally. I'd even be avoiding United players. The only th reason why I'd have Bruno is because his numbers are just so good. But remember, yeah. United... United are unpredictable, and that's that's a massive thing, you know. In United at home, their home record's not very good, so you've got to take that into consideration. <laughs> yeah, so 
Well, I mean, I've got Mares at the moment. Um, but the obvious thing is to try and get Salah back in. And then next week, if Mares has a good game this week, I'd be considering him. But then also, if Mares plays this week, he might not play next week. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's one of those where I would say that for the most part in the big games, they don't really equal big fantasy points. So you tend to try and stay away from some of those players. If we kind of cycle through some of the other kind of key matchups, the first one that kind of sticks out is Wolves and Aston Villa. Villa have basically had that extra week off. They should be very fresh. Wolves have gone through a lot. They've but have got the little positive spin back with Jimenez coming back and visiting the teammates back in training again. So this one's a really interesting game because you could easily see both teams really go for it because, look, Villa not playing for whatever it was, 10 days to nearly two weeks. And then kind of Wolves, again, They even though, look, it was Liverpool, everyone expected them to do better, but again they're still a good team and the week prior when they played against Arsenal you saw that bit of creativity and you saw that spark against a team like Villa you expect them to be able to attack them yeah I think so look it's it's a difficult one because with Villa if you actually look at their form they they've really struggled of late you look you got the arsenal game which they won but they lost to brighton and then west ham they lost to as well so they're not in very good form and then they lost to southampton so in their last four games a one-one game but they've also scored in that time they've scored uh three six goals which is pretty good so for me i'd be like straight away jack Grealish has got to come back in he has to and i think villa they're they're a lot more creative for me that but the problem is they're leaking goals so I'm looking at that game. Wolves quite aren't quite at it. It's funny because both sides are struggling, but they both beat Arsenal. So I guess Arsenal are the ones that are giving the points away this year. Yeah, looking at really Pedro, nice. yeah, exactly. That's, oh God, don't, even, don't even remind me. But Pedro Neto is definitely another shout because now without Jimenez playing, he's going to be very. Him and Podence are going to be very key. And actually, they looked a bit more fluid, uh, dare I say, when Jimenez came off. So and Neto's value. I mean, Kieran, you brought him in. Did you bring him last week? Yeah, what's his value? 5.85. Yeah. yeah, I honestly thinking about it, I brought Neto in. I knew the Liverpool game was going to be tough. It was more for the next couple fixtures that Wolves had. And it's just one of those that I think it's it's a good option. Look, I think you bring in either Podence or Neto for, for this game because there will be chances for them to score. We've seen Aston Villa games. Villa can go and attack, but they've been they have struggled defensively, and we, we've seen that. So I can expect that there should be a couple of goals in this game, hopefully anyway, because, look, I think this is one that is actually going to be a pretty interesting game, and I'll be watching on Saturday because I think it's it's one of those that you really do want to see how these teams kind of come up against each other. The other interesting one that when I think of the two game weeks that kind of comes up is the Newcastle and West Brom game, and it's mainly for Callum Wilson. Because yeah. he plays against West Brom and then gets to play against Leeds. Those are two really good matchups for Callum Wilson, who's been really good this year. There's only been a couple of times he hasn't been that impressive. So if you're looking at a striker, let's just say you're one of those hundred and so thousand people that took out Calvert Lewin. I think the obvious one is to bring in Callum Wilson in, in to replace him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at Callum Wilson now, six point six million. So looking to bring out Albert Lewin, he's definitely an obvious choice. 
He has seven big chances in home matches, and that's joint most with Bamford among all the FPL players this season. You could go with Bamford and, and Wilson up front. It really depends what your strategy is. I mean, I'm looking at now. I had Wilson at the beginning, then he got injured. I think he took him out for the United game. And then I had Bamford for like one game and he didn't do anything. I took him out. I mean, I've, I've completely missed the whole Bamford goal thing. I'm like, it's going to be a bit of a phase. But looking at Wilson and his matchups, I can definitely see the West Brom and Newcastle game being very cagey. I mean, they just got West Brom just could be 5-1. Five, five um, but looking at Wilson, obviously Newcastle create more at home, as you can see, you know, seven big chances in home matches. So, yeah, he's definitely an option. It really depends, guys, on what you're going to do. If you need to get Salah back in and you need to reduce, you need some money, you need to reduce the amount that you have in your strikers. I think Wilson and Bamford at 6.2 million for Bamford and 6.6 million are very, very good options. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, we always say it's usually the matchups that really have to kind of be what you need to look at. And that kind of brings me to the next one. We, we've been talking about Calvert Lewin, that first game for Everton's against Chelsea. That's a, that's a tough one because look, Chelsea have been pretty good defensively. They've been well organized, and it just seems like this may be a game where it's not the best for Calvert Lewin. But then look, you say that, and suddenly this is the game where he scores more than a goal, and Everton can kind of get their season turned back around again and going in the right direction. But then you also have to look at some of the Chelsea players. You saw the way Everton played against United. There's going to be space for those more creative players. Maybe Kai Havertz is one that has a chance. Timo Werner, this is a good chance for him. Or I think this is the problem for Chelsea for knowing what striker to use because Giroud's been really good. This could be a chance for Tammy Abraham to play. It's a it's a really tough one. Really beforehand, I would have said the only Chelsea kind of attacking player I would have had in was kind of Hakim Ziyech because he's a very creative player and the rest kind of get moved in and out quite a lot. I was talking to a Chelsea fan, one of my mates, um, over the weekend. We we're talking about Bruno Fernandez and he he slated Bruno and he said Bruno is a player who is gonna flop. There's nothing special about him. He messaged me saying he's the best midfielder in the world right now. He says incredible. So I said, what about Hakim uh, Ziyech? Because obviously you watch him week in, week out. And I brought him in my fantasy team. He had a really great game against Sheffield United and he's had a few assists here and there. He said, great player, um, but he's a, the assist before the assist. Unless he's taking set pieces. So that's a big thing to consider. So obviously he's injured. It's made my decision easy. I was going to take him out anyway this week. But looking at the options, it's difficult. Pulisic, I don't know if he's injured or not. He's always injured. But he's someone as well who's who's not really played that much and he could be an option. I know he scored last week against Leeds. Chelsea, for them, Timo Werner is a player who's only blanked once in the last five game weeks, which is actually very, very interesting. Um, Everton are without a clean sheet in 10 matches. That says it all. There's been, what, this is a game week 11? So they've kept one clean sheet. Generally happens when you pick for the goal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's that's a dig at you guards okay <laughs> you've got Dean Henson or Nick Pope Matt, Alex McCarthy's another good goalkeeper who yeah. I would be saying because I've got Pope and McCarthy that guy I'm telling you that dual goalkeeper rotation is, is absolute gold this year it's, it's worked a treat for me but looking at it Chelsea I've got two Chelsea defenders I bought in Reese James and I bought in 
Ben Chilwell. Now I've got a decision there because are they going to keep a clean sheet? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Chelsea can go very defensive here, but if Chelsea go attacking, they can destroy Everton. Chelsea are worrying me a little bit this season. And I think Olivier yeah. Giroud is the best striker. I think he's absolute class. Yeah, I think even if Chelsea did concede a goal, having someone like Reese James and Ben Chilwell, I have Chilwell on, on my team, they're still creative going forward where they'll create chances. I think some of the crosses that Reese James puts in is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know how there's not more goals scored by Chelsea because the amount of times I see him whip it in right across, right in front of where a striker should be, and nobody's got the end of it. Look, I think Chelsea are going forward have been really, really good as well. So they've been look, they've been a very interesting team. You just have to wonder how long does it last. Um, to go through kind of the last couple of games, there's some that are interesting, some kind of dull. So we have the Southampton and Sheffield United game. Not much in there. You probably look at players like James um, Ward-Prowse. You have Che Adams. But other than that, there's not much. Crystal Palace and Spurs, again, you probably look at Zaha for Crystal Palace, the two obvious ones for Spurs. But like you said earlier on, this could be a two teams kind of setting up more defensively. You could have – this could be a game where Mourinho doesn't play Son and Kane – the whole time kind of looking forward to the midweek game it's a tough one then you also have which we've mentioned Fulham and Liverpool kind of these two games kind of mimic each other where you expect Liverpool and Spurs to win but you also have to rem remind yourself that they play against each other midweek and what do the managers do how heavily will these teams be rotated for this first game week Look, it's a really, it's a really difficult one. Obviously, Arsenal played tonight. Uh, they played a lot of the kids. I, I knew that because Hass, our producer, was tweeting about that. Even Arsenal fan. That's Dragon. Like, Ballet yeah, gun yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, relax, mate. It was against Dundalk, so um, you know, his he's, manager he's, can't even be on the sideline. Yeah, he hasn't got his badges, so yeah. you know, let them have what they have. Scoring goals is not something they see a lot of. So, yeah, looking at that one, that could very much be a nil-nil two defensive sides at <laughs> Burnley and Arsenal. I'll say Burnley are probably more attacking than Arsenal, if I'm being honest. Um, Liverpool's the one that stands out. If there's no rotation, then, you know, you've got to probably get Robertson in there or Trent. One of the two, you have to. And then it's it's a question. So, like, money hasn't really hit his stride yet, has he? Saying that now, he's going to go and score a hat-trick. But Firmino, as well as someone you probably don't want to have in your team, a few years ago, Firmino was a great option. I had him in and he was scoring a lot of goals. Um, and then you obviously got Jota. The rotation is a problem. Southampton versus Sheffield United. Get your Southampton defenders in. I've got Alex McCarthy in. I mean, I've got Carl Walker-Peters and I've got um, McCarthy and You know, they're, they're, they're pretty much sure bets. This Sheffield United side, I'm in deep, deep trouble. I won't be touching them. But they're probably going to beat United next week. And then looking at Spurs and the Palace, I mean, I'm just going to keep the Spurs players in because I remember we talked about this week. We said, oh, uh, Spurs... Kane hasn't done anything for a while, has he? And went and got a goal and assist. We did, we did say though he usually plays well in the North London derby that you have to expect him to score. So, exactly. and Son's the same as well. Son, uh, so you got to have him in. What a player! What yeah. a goal! One absolute ridiculous goal. Goal of the season so far. That, yeah, hundred percent. As soon as he hit that, I was like, that's that is just going straight in. What a goal! Um, but yeah, Spurs are in some good form. You obviously got to look at the Liverpool game next week, but. That could work in Spurs' favour because Liverpool are going to have most of the ball. 
I wouldn't even be saying don't have Son and Kane. And I, I'm keeping them. I've kept them in since you know through this whole period that we've been talking about. Should you? Should you? Shouldn't you? I think you got you got to have at least one of them. Um, and then you're looking at Leicester, Brighton as well. Leicester are a funny one. They lost to Fulham. Weird. Lost to Fulham. They're, they're usually better away from home than they are at home, and that's. It's a weird one. I think Leicester players are good when they're playing against a good team because they're really dangerous on the counter-attack and that's where you see Jamie Vardy really attack teams like you saw against City. Um, but look, when they're expected to be the ones that are forcing the game and to have to attack, they haven't been as strong. And again, this is it's a weird one because some weeks Brighton look really solid defensively and other times they look terrible. Personally, this isn't a game that I'm going to be playing any players in. I'm not. I I find it hard to have Jamie Vardy in the team because the majority of his goals have just been penalties, and he he just doesn't look like. I know normally you'll say that at the end of the season he'll get his points, but it's about consistency because you need to be able to kind of rack up those points on a weekly basis. And I don't think we do more though, Kieran. Like you're looking at the strikers at the moment. Some of them are getting a couple of goals a game. Or, like Kane, he's getting ridiculous amount of assists. So you're getting a goal and an assist. Vardy's just getting you the, the solitary goal. I know he got one last week, but again, like he got it in the last in, in injury time. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Be, I haven't touched Vardy at all this season. I'm not going to touch him, you know, even though they played Fulham. Like, let, let, Leicester are too unpredictable, and Vardy isn't really... We're saying that he's scoring goals, but a lot of them are penalties. So maybe that is a positive as well. Yeah, it is. And to go back on kind of the Kane kind of comment, the one thing I think is why a lot of people have kept him in the whole time. Not only has he been good, there's not that many other elite options where you're going to see this person can get 15 to 20 points in any game week, which Kane can do. And that's why I think it's it's one that you have to keep on. And look, Son has been, I think, up there. I think the two best players in the Premier League this season has probably been Son and Jack Grealish. They've been two of the kind of outstanding players. They're kind of two that you kind of need to have in your fantasy team because they just create so much. They score and they get a lot of assists as well. So it's it's one of those. And then we kind of move on because that's, that's the end of the weekend game. So then quickly it goes, like I said earlier, the you need to kind of lock up those teams pretty quick after those games on Sunday because if you don't do that, you'll probably forget because most of us will be busy with whatever we're doing on the Tuesday at half four and then suddenly you can't change your team. So it's going to be one of those. I think really once those games are done on Sunday, you look to see is there any injuries. If there's not a big injury, you need to go in and lock your team pretty quick for the next couple of days because the last thing you need to do is you forget at half four on, on Tuesday and you lose, you lose points for a player not coming in. Last thing you need is you planning on playing De Bruyne and then suddenly because he just played a full 90 minutes in Manchester Derby and Pep doesn't play him in the midweek game against West Brom. But it's very, very likely to happen. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. I'll be I'll be the the biggest the biggest issue I see is with Liverpool is everybody's bringing in Mo Salah for this week. They're playing against Fulham. He doesn't play against Fulham just to play against Tottenham in, in midweek. That's that's the scariest thing, and I'm still planning on bringing in Mo Salah. But Everyone takes that shot at <laughs> he if, goes. If that happens and he doesn't play at the weekend, 
I'll be I'll be so I mad. I'm gonna keep both in. That's how, that's my strategy because I think Jota will play. I don't know if he played midweek. He probably did. Um, but I I just like that's probably gonna happen. I would be very surprised if it doesn't. Yeah, I know. Look, and then the re- the first two games that we have um, on the Tuesday, the first one's a really good game, Wolves and Chelsea. That one's it's it's a tough one to call again. How they manage those games at the weekend, along with the midweek, would be a big thing. Normally, you see quite a lot of surprises in midweek games. They're not what we expect because teams don't have that week to prepare. They have two days. That's it. So you tend to not see too much game planning in those because managers don't have the time to do it. The the players don't even train really before those midweek games. Luckily for teams that might be playing on the Thursday, so United are one of them, they'll have that kind of three or four days to still prepare and train. But when you have these two games on Tuesday, when, look, Man City are playing on... Most of those teams are playing on the Saturday. So they have Sunday and Monday, and suddenly they're playing on the Tuesday. So really... They won't be training on the Sunday. They probably have a walkthrough and kind of go through game planning on the Monday and then straight into the game. So I think with Wolves and Chelsea and Man City and West Brom, you can probably expect some surprises in terms of performances in in those games. You will see rotation with Man City, and that's what would worry me. I'd say even if if you're looking at the Manchester derby and if Kevin De Bruyne plays full game... He may not play the full game against against West Brom. And you do have to kind of battle with that as well. It's the same for Wolves and Chelsea. A lot of it depends on Kieran. It really depends on, one, the results. If City lose, they have to win against West Brom. And yeah. they say win. So that, that's the thing. If you see City win, and then they're, you know, they're probably back in the top four or whatever, then I, I think you could see De Bruyne game rest. It really depends on the United game. That's another, another thing people need to remember. It's so tight at the top. United lose, they could go down to, to there's like eight points win it from the top. United win, they're a couple of points behind. So this is a, this is how big the swing is at this stage of the season. So that's what I'd keep an eye out for. I can very much see this, right? I can very much see someone like Morris starting against United and then Foden starting against West Brom. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the way it is at the top, like I think you were right in saying that. I think if, let's say, Liverpool and... Spurs drop points and United won their two games. United could well be top, which is crazy to think of how bad we've been and we're still in, in that area. It's a look, the problem is with these big games is managers, especially in December, have to manage this squad really well. And it's it's one of those, it's the same for Chelsea. Chelsea need to rack up as many points as they can because we know they can be inconsistent at times as well. So it's one of those that it's it's tough. It's I think this week you'll see kind of you'll separate the good managers from kind of the average ones and how they use their squad because this is the first time we've seen the season now where they've had game weeks very very close together and look they're going to see this kind of even more intensified when it gets to the end of December at the Christmas period where they're going to have three games and four games within a six or seven day period and teams are going to have to prepare for that on the Wednesday. Then we have a couple of interesting ones. So we've Arsenal against Southampton Leeds against Newcastle. I mentioned that's probably going to be a pretty open game. You've Leicester and Everton, another pretty big game. That could be one where you might want to play Jamie Vardy in because 
both teams might need to go for. You Fulham and Brighton, which isn't the greatest. West Ham, Crystal Palace, and then look, the obvious one is Liverpool and Spurs. Personally, I'm still I would still be using your top players there because that screams out where both teams can really go for it. They generally is a good amount of goals in Liverpool and Spurs, so I would still. Or Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is just going to sit back and he'll literally be on the counter. You just know it. For for fantasy purposes, what you want is you want Liverpool to score early. That's yes. what you want because if Liverpool score early and and then Spurs have to go for it, you probably see about four or five goals in the game. Yeah. If Spurs are able to get that game plan and it works and they can score, it's probably one nil or one all. And that's that's the biggest thing. If Spurs get the first goal, they win. I'm telling you now. Yeah. They're gonna defend literally on the six yard box. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. I'm telling you now, there's something about this Spurs side where right now you're looking you're not seeing any weaknesses because they're really well drilled they're very compact they're pragmatic but they've got two absolutely world-class players it's a bit like when jose had um drogba and lampard that's what it kind of feels like you know where two players are just going to be going to absolutely kill it going forward um but yeah i would be having both players and i would still probably have salah as well there's gonna be a penalty yeah. in that I can feel. yeah exactly i think you need to keep all your firepower look even if they don't, if someone gets benched for one of these games, again, it's it's still worth it because the last thing you want to have to do is be constantly giving up points to try and bring in two or three of your kind of big guns every single kind of game week. So you want to try and keep as many as possible. Is there any other games on the Wednesday? Because that's when the majority of the games are midweek that kind of stick out to you in fantasy purposes. Against Southampton. Um, I'm really high on Southampton. Glenn, if you're watching this, mate, shout out. <laughs> I know you, uh, you're one of our favorite guests that have come on, isn't he? He's a good lad, Kieran. And, um, yeah, he's a good lad. Southampton. He dropped me a message actually saying, um, oh, God, how's Ollie still in the job? Um, but yeah, look, Glenn's team, I'd be saying, look, Danny Ings. People forgetting he's just come back from injury, scored as well. Yeah. Danny Ings against Arsenal. You could very much see it's something that. Myself and Rob spoke about when United played. I think United lost that game if Danny Ings was playing because he has that pace and that directness to stretch. You know, United's slow defense, so Danny Ings will will cause Arsenal some problems. So he'd be a shout again. I'd be saying McCarthy as well. Arsenal don't score very much. Um, looking as well at the Fulham and Brighton one, Tarek Lamptey to come back in. He was he's he's been a fixture in a lot of people's one. He's great going forward. And he offers a threat. Um, I took him out after he got sent off, so he's an option as well because I think. That will be quite an open game. Brighton like to play the ball on the deck, and Fulham are actually quite a cultured side. If you watch them play, they're not particularly well drilled defensively, but Scott Parker's done a. They play nice football. You yeah. know, I say the, I say that they're more attractive to watch than United these days. Um, you know, they've got lesser players, so he's quite a cultured manager. Um, so that's one to look out for. And then you've got West Ham Palace. That's going to be a very, that's going to be a very drab game. Um, I'd be getting your defenders in for that game possibly yeah i guess the other one that kind of sticks out there is when we talk about southampton's defense you have kind of vestigard as well who's been very good um if you want to go for kind of the cheaper option there's bednarek as well so look i think you can't go wrong with southampton defenders at the moment they look they let you down a little bit during the united game but other than that they've been pretty solid for the majority of the season and then we kind of come to the Thursday night ones, which we have Villa and Burnley, so the Battle of the Clarida Blues. And then also we have Sheffield United and Manchester United. 
bow games, they're difficult ones to call because you could see it going either way. You could see Villa and Burnley being a tough one if Burnley are strong in defence. But then you can also see if Villa are able to kind of unlock that early that there should be more space for them. And you would expect players like Jack Grealish, Ollie Watkins, Ross Barkley to have a bit of success there. Same thing, look, if you're using your head against Sheffield United and Manchester United, Man United should win the game. It's Sheffield United have been terrible. You look at it now and they're kind of drawing comparisons to Fulham and West Brom, which is how bad they've been. And really, if you actually look at it, Fulham and West Brom have been better than them. Sheffield United, have, for me, have been the most disappointing team this year and... I feel like they just don't have that power going forward. And look, spending that money on Ream Brewster instead of bringing in some of that maybe was a little 22 and a half. Yeah, it's they, surely they could have brought in somebody else with a bit more pedigree to come in and score the goals because look, he scored a lot of goals at Swansea. He's a good player, but he went to the wrong side. He should have, he needed to go to like a Leeds. Brewster did, you know, that yeah. sort of the stuff at Southampton, not not a Sheffield United. I mean, and the other one they were talking about was uh, Palace. Not these; these are not coaches for a young striker to develop, and especially a team that's going to go down. Twenty-two and a half million is a lot of money. Yeah, I feel like a team like Sheffield United look should have looked for a striker in the mold of you look at kind of the players for Chelsea in terms of like Tammy Abraham and. Olivier Giroud, someone that holds the ball up well, but also can score. It, it, it's a it's a tough one, but I can't see anything going well for Sheffield United. Those two games on Thursday, again, it's it's tricky because then the teams come back and they play at the weekend again. So it's a pretty big turnaround or a quick turnaround for those teams that have to play on Thursday. And again, you have to think of how the squad rotation kind of come into play there as well. Um, that kind of brings us to our last segment and probably the most important one is who the hell do we captain this week? Because it is very, very tricky. Like I said, I'm debating either dropping Bruno Fernandes or captaining Bruno Fernandes. It's, I think the obvious one is probably Mo Salah against Fulham, but then we, you think, does he play? I think he probably does. Do you go with Son? Do you go with Harry Kane? Or is there any other kind of out-of-the-box thinking this week? Or is it just stick with the the kind of tried and tested players? Definitely stick with the tried and tested players. Uh, for me, I mean, I've got uh, Tribing Salah in. I've obviously got Bruno and Son. Those would be the three. And Kane. One of the three of them. Uh, four of them, sorry. Um, if you want to go left field, you could possibly look at a Chelsea player, maybe. Maybe someone like Timo Werner, possibly. Um, but I would be keeping very, very sensible because, look, there's a lot of football to play. You need to get be, be getting your captains right. Yeah, absolutely. That's really all we have time for this week. We've gone through quite a lot of games, but in two game weeks, again, it's going to be a tricky one. Have to make sure, and again, make sure you know when those deadlines are. That's kind of the most important thing this week. And again, it's it's not too far away from when you're going to be getting that wild card again. It's not too far away from January. We've what two or three weeks. And then that period of time is going to be pretty, pretty um, difficult. So 
when it hits January, I think you have to be careful when you're going to use that wild card because, again, there's going to be so many games coming thick and fast at that Christmas period that you really have to be careful with that. Um, but, yeah, so just for everybody to remember to like, subscribe, even comment on the video. You can send both myself and Hayter some comments if you have any questions for us to kind of talk about in the future weeks for the fantasy show and we'll be happy to to answer them as well again you can catch the podcast on youtube spotify all basically everywhere you get your podcasts just follow us there you can put in all your comments and questions anything you would like to say before we end this hater just gonna say guys keep being consistent this is when people do start to drop off um i know has producer has dropped off after about two weeks because he's just lazy and can't be asked, but keep on going guys keep on pushing through like this is a key period you mess up here then that's your season over so yeah thanks for listening cheers kieran and we will see you next week <laughs>